thanks for listening and supporting this podcast. I'm Camille Diaz, and if you are sick and tired of setting goals and not achieving them, jump on over to my website, go.optimized.zone. Enroll in my online course, Driven, and gain access to the exact formula I've used to accomplish my goals, like write a book, increase revenue, lose 30 pounds, and record over 100 episodes of this podcast. Start experiencing the joy and satisfaction that comes with achieving your goals. That's go.optimized.zone. Welcome. This is Money Heart, where we explore the emotional side of money. I'm Camille Diaz, and today we're discussing, woman, you're worth it. My guest is Leanne Bonnell. Leanne is a certified health coach and life coach. She attained a transformational master coach certification in 2001, and she's currently pursuing uh, certification as a coach for the bank program. She started her business in 2001 as a health coach and quickly transitioned to helping work with those who wanted to exit chaos and frustration and enter into a life they deserve with her Grit and Grace program. Leanne started her career as an engineer at General Motors, working on such iconic cars as the Chevrolet Corvette, the full-size pickup trucks, and the Cadillac. She holds a master's in quality engineering from Purdue University and an MBA from Indiana University. Leanne has worked in manufacturing most of her career, including automotive, heavy industrial, and telecommunications. She's also worked in the financial industry. As a coach, Leanne focuses on her one-to-one coaching and group programs, and she's inspired to help professionals and entrepreneurs who are ready to exit the chaos because they fail to believe they deserve to be the masters of their own lives. She and her husband, Eric, live in Glen Allen, Virginia, and she's an avid equestrian, loves to travel, and learn about history. Leanne, welcome to Money Heart. Thank you so much, Camille. I am so excited to be here. Yay! I'm very excited to have you, and I can't wait to get into this topic about, woman, you're worth it. Uh, I feel like so many women don't really think that they are worth it, and so I just am am thrilled to talk about this and talk about money and have you on the show. It's going to be awesome. Uh, You worked most of your career as an engineer um, at GM, building cars, lots of other women engineers over there when you started? No. No, as a matter of fact, um, there were maybe three in the department that I worked at it, it, when I was at my last assignment, which was Flint Assembly. Um, I think there were three of us. Mm-hmm. And one was the ergonomic engineer. And how many people total? Uh, probably 20. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. A little bit outnumbered. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. But you know what? That is fine. Um, because... What I knew going into engineering, I went into engineering with my eyes wide open um, because I went to GMI, which is General Motors School, that they started in 1919 for their engineers and um, and skilled trades people. It was a nine-to-one ratio, nine guys for one girl. So I went into this career with my eyes wide open. And um, 
some places, uh, my, my last corporate job, I was the only female engineer. Wow. And I loved that. I loved that. <laughs> Perfect. Boy. So I'm curious, what was kind of the money attitude in your department and among the people you worked with, since it was so very heavily male-dominated? Um, how, what was the, just the general money attitude? Did people talk about salaries or raises or saving for retirement, any of that kind of stuff? Was it, did anybody mention it? We did not. Uh, any place I worked, um, there was no – nobody talked about money. Nobody talked about uh, um, salaries, raises, except maybe, oh, I get a good one this year or, you know, this year they're being cheap, you know, kind of that, that thing. Um, yeah, the, there were some, especially at GM because it's old guard, um, even at Timken to some extent, the, the conversation revolved around make sure you get all you can out of your 401K, make sure that you um, invest wisely in your 401K, do some research, that type of thing. Um, and what I found is the professional women, more so than the women who who were not would not be classified as professional, they were more like um, the hourly workers. Mm-hmm. The professional women, because we had pe- professional backgrounds, we had been to college, we had had the um, finance classes, were – they tended more to be um, <clears throat> getting all that they could out of their 401k, having extra investments. But, you know, there were like, what did I say, two or three of us at GM at, at Flint Assembly, and then I was the only one as an engineer. Now, there were other professionals around me, but in that very technical field, um, yeah, we didn't. Lord, somebody, one of the guys I worked with at uh, the last corporate assignment I had let, more than one actually, they let go how much they made in in casual conversation. And I'm like, oh, okay. As I was sitting there making $30,000 more than them. Wow. Experience and education. So uh, don't. Don't fall into the trap of women don't make as much as men because sometimes we make a lot more. Yeah, um, I really love that. So did you negotiate that salary when you started or was that based? Did they have like a structured system where you have X amount of education, X amount of years, and you fall into the table type of thing? I think that's where they started. Mm-hmm. And I came in and I said, no, I want this much. And we negotiated from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and. So, you know, I, I, when, in my last corporate assignment, I looked at the big picture. I wasn't mm-hmm. going to be driving, you know, two hours a day. I wasn't, the stress level was lower, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, money isn't everything for salary and, you know, life. And I learned that a lot um, in my last corporate assignment. Um, but yeah, I, I negotiated. I, I was talking to my husband about it the other day. Um, he's 10 years older than I am. And we were talking about the salaries we started with when we came out of school. Mm-hmm. And I told him what I was making. I, I don't know. Is it appropriate to share? Sure. If you're comfortable with it. 
Sure. Um, when I was first offered a job at GM, they offered me thirty-seven five, I think, thirty-seven thousand five hundred. I said no. I want forty-five. Um, because what they were offering me was the same that they were offering the people who went to the the state school who were not as experienced, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, no, I want 45. Yeah. And they came back and they said 40 and I said 45 and I got 45. Nice. So um, that was the first experience and um, every job I've had, I have negotiated and there's, I have been told by, <laughs> I had a friend who was a headhunter. Mm-hmm. And she told me flat out, so ladies, if you're listening, if you're thinking about changing jobs, always negotiate. Never, ever take what they give you because she said, and, you know, take this for what it's worth, she said that they would offer women low end because they knew that they would take it. Wow. Men always negotiate. So ladies, if you feel that you are worth a hundred thousand dollars and they're offering you eighty five, go a hundred and ten. They'll land hundred. They will do it, especially if you are one of those women who are highly um, sought after because of your skills. Right. Right. Um, computers, engineering, um, those. Those specific, very nitty-gritty, very mm-hmm. technical degrees, you're worth it. Yeah. Go for it. And even if they say no, you can say thank you and, and go to the next guy. Right. Because, frankly, there is a next, there is a next company. There is. Yes. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a great point. We get caught up in this, well, i got to take this one because there won't be another one. And – if you are qualified and you have skills, there's always going to be someone that needs your skills and wants to hire you. Absolutely. So Absolutely. go go shop. <laughs> go go find. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Do not take the first thing that comes your way because that that will start a cycle of resentment. And mm-hmm. frankly, who wants to resent their employer? Right. You're going into, you you are selling your your skills, you are selling your, essentially your assets, mm-hmm. um, because the six inches between your ears is 100% asset. You are right. selling your asset to a company, and you deserve top dollar for that. Yes. There's no reason whatsoever that you should be saying, Oh, well, they only offered me 85. I'm okay with that. No, 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 no. I would suggest strongly that you do some market research. I would suggest strongly that, okay, so, so don't, you know, go in there with something absurd like $2 million, but, (laughs) (laughs) right? You know, oh man, I'm worth $2 million. No, sweetie. No, sweetie. That's not the, that's not what the market value is for that service right now. Yeah. Great. Um, but yeah, definitely do your research, bring your receipts, always bring your receipts because you, you might get a savvy person on the other end that says, well, you know, this is what we offer. And then you say, well, bam, 
here is the the research that I have done. Yeah. This is why I'm asking for that. It's so much easier for that that recruiter, that HR person, whoever you are talking to, to go back and say, you know what? She did. Not only do we need to offer her this job and keep chasing her, we need to give her the money that she is asking for because she brought the receipts. Here's the facts and data. Yeah. yeah. And I think in our culture, a lot of people seem to think that facts and data is not necessary or worth it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But believe me, bring the receipt and you will you will get what you want. It's all about facts and data. Well, and the type of person that they probably want to hire is the person who's going to do really thorough research, come show show up with a plan, have something on paper to back it up, know what they want. That's that's the ideal employee. You want that person on your team. You know, that's you don't let them get away. <laughs> yeah. Though, yeah. And, you know, the interviewing process is so maddening anyway. Right. Um I think I I have trained when I had a when I was in corporate and I had a team, I always, you know, was like, go, go for the next thing. Don't you ever let loyalty to me hold you back. Yeah. Uh, to which one of the guys who worked with me, worked for me, he always said, Leanne, you have so much integrity. We don't, <laughs> we don't know what to do with you. <laughs> um, but um, the interviewing process is so, hmm. It's like a roller coaster ride. You're, you're white knuckling it through some of it, sure. Because you want to like the people, and they you want them to like you, and right. And then there's there's really not a whole lot you can show them as far as what your skill set is until yeah. you have that negotiation point. And ladies, go high, go high, because even if you have to come down a bit, mm-hmm. you're still gonna be happy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because it's been a long time since I've had to negotiate a job. Um, haven't haven't worked in corporate for a long time, but I remember negotiating. What, I know. Woo, yeah. So happy about that. <laughs> so happy. But I still have had to negotiate other things. Had to negotiate contracts. You know, like had to negotiate speaking arrangements, types of things. Um, I messed up on one where they offered me less, and I said yes. And I did exactly what you said is I was totally mad about it later. I'm like, why didn't you just ask that? And I mean, I could tell the person I was talking to books people all the time. She did a perfect job of negotiating. She set this really high anchor. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's totally unreasonable. And then I just caved on the low thing that she said. And I was like, no, why did you do that? But I did actually end up going back and renegotiating after. And I got what I wanted. And I was so proud of myself and so happy. Uh, <laughs> they ended up needing an extra, like an extra person for something. And so could I just please stay a little longer? And I was like, yeah, I can do that. Uh, but I'm going to need more. And so I went back and, and got what I, what I originally thought that I should get. Um, and I was, and I promised myself, you will never mess that up again. You will always go for what you want. And I think back to my corporate days of negotiating a salary and they offered me and I negotiated it and I got what I wanted. It, it's like you. we so often feel really scared, like, oh, they might say no. Well, okay, then they say no, and you choose if you're okay with that or not. But you might as well ask because they might say yes. 
And they did. And I was making like 5000 more than the other people in the same office with me simply because I asked for it. Simply yeah. because I asked for it. And they needed a person and they knew I was good. And I did turn out to be good. They were like, oh, my gosh, she's better than the other people. Yeah, totally worth it. So... <laughs> So, so it was, it was, you know, just ask. I love that message. Just, just try. Just ask. don't give up before you even do anything. Like, go for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The thing that cracks me up is people think that they're not in sales. And, oh. and I understand that because I hate, I hate the used car salesman. I used to throw them out of my plant. I had, I had my guy. My guy is Phil. Phil would bring me these salespeople, and I I got to the point where I'd say, Phil, if they're used car salesmen, make sure that they understand I will throw them out of the plant. And I've done it more than once. Yes. And Phil <laughs> Phil brought me a guy. He, he started off good, and then he went used car, and Phil took him right out right away. But understand this. We are all in sales. And if you don't want to call it sales, call it influence. We are all yes. in influence. And what we have – what we bring to the table, the six inches between our ears, our degrees, what, whatever you are trying to get yourself in the middle of or part of, you are in sales. And you, my friend, need to demand – that's probably a too strong a word – but you need to expect yes. and negotiate what are you worth. Right. And if you think you are worth $150,000, bring the receipts. Guess what you're going to end up getting? You will get the 150. Yep. 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 You will. You really will. So, yeah. I love that. Um, let's talk about that saving thing a little bit more. Okay. When you work in a corporate job, there's usually some sort of benefit package, some sort of you know, 401k, pension, what, whatever they have set up, there's something to encourage you to save. Um, did you save and did you do extra? Like, what were your what were your thoughts on that? I did. Um, I grew up in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little older. <laughs> um, and I grew up in the 80s. Okay, good. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> I say that sometimes and people are like, oh, you're old. No, no, uh, no, no. That's not old. That's not old. So people thing, grew up in like the 1800s. Those are old. Yes, yes. Right. right. <laughs> um, so when I was coming up, I paid attention to what was going on around me. My parents had this thing called a 401k. Mm-hmm. And I may not have understood, but I listened. And when I started my very first job at a car wash, mm-hmm. I remember my grandfather telling me that I needed to put, I needed to pay myself first, and I needed to put away at least 10% gross. I think that's right. Not take home. I always screw them up. It's okay. Um, you needed to put 10% gross, so 10% before taxes. Right. So you had to look at actually what you made. And sometimes, you know, I was making so little money at that point, I was like, you want me to put away $20? That's yep. crazy. That's <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> Only $150, you know? Yep. Um, but I did it. Yeah. And, um, and did it faithfully. Mm-hmm. And did it all through college with um, – with 
my job at school with my co-op job, the whole nine yards. Yeah. Um, when I grew up, <laughs> still not grown up, but when I became a when I became a working <laughs> adult, and that's not it either, huh? <laughs> when I became an adult, no, I'm not there. No, no, I'm not really adulting. I don't know what to call it. When I got a job, that there you go. When you had a little more experience, more experience that's yeah. perfect. Mm-hmm. When I had more experience and got a real job, like my first real job at General yeah. Motors, um, they came and they're like, "Whoa, we don't do a pension anymore, but we do because whatever." Um, so my itty bitty little pension is just kind of hanging out there at GM. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had this thing called a 401k. I understood the words. Mm-hmm. I kind of got how they they put it together. Um, and I, I knew that if I ran the math, it'd be fine. So I ran the math and I freaked out. And my um, longtime boyfriend at the time said, no, no. They are going to match you up to 6%. And I'm oh, like, nice. but it doesn't make any sense because it's only going to be half until this point. He's like, put 6% in. And I cannot thank him enough. Yeah. Uh, Jeff and I are still friends to this day. He went to my wedding. But his guidance on on getting through that first little bit mm-hmm. of how do I negotiate a 401k was unbelievable yeah because starting at 23 years old i started um i started saving for my retirement oh you did so so fabulously you were so young oh that's so great i know great that's so great so many people get to be 40 and then they come talk to me and they're like hey i want to start saving for retirement and i'm like well when do you want to retire 65 and i'm like okay um it's not tragic you have time. This is good. But you're going to have to save a lot more than that 10% to make this work. Right. <laughs> right. The longer you wait, the more you got to put away each year. <laughs> and if you start super young like you, oh, that's fantastic. That's awesome. You know, and my, my uh, our current financial advisor here in Virginia, mm-hmm. she asked, what do you want your retirement years to look like? Yep. I know my mom and my my mom and dad and my grandparents, they travel everywhere. I mean, up until my grandmother physically could not do it anymore, they were always gone. We never knew when they would be home. You yeah. see grandma and grandpa rocking on a rocking chair. Yeah. Right. Not That's my, not going to be me either. I'm I'm not doing the rocking chair thing. You will not know where I'm at because I right. won't be home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, will be, I will be somewhere. We don't know where. Yep. Um, and that is exactly what I want for retirement. Now, my in-laws are completely different. They like to stay at home, and they are in New yep. York. That is what they do. And I'm like, bless their hearts. That's all I can say because I'm just like, okay, no. And it's really designing the perfect retirement for yourself. Right. If, if you want to be home and do nothing, Cool. If you want to volunteer for three different charities and, you know, be doing that in your local community three days a week, cool. If you want to go travel, cool. Like, it's really the chance to do what you want to do. And that's how I look at retirement. I don't look at it as a certain age. I look at it as when you have enough money that you can wake up every day and do exactly what you want to do that day and not have to worry about where the money's coming from, you're retired. 
And you can do that at 30. You can do it at 50. You can do it at 75. Who cares? You know, whenever you hit that mark that you've saved enough money, you've got enough coming in, you don't ever have to worry about it again. You're good. Retired. Yeah. Yeah. And so when, when I, whenever I move jobs, because I've moved jobs a couple of times, because that's what we do, um, I've rolled that 401k over. I've never touched it. And here's the thing that I find kind of tragic on one hand and kind of why do you give people this vent, this this out? I have heard people say, I've taken a loan in my 401k or worse, I'm cashing out my 401k and I my heart breaks for them. Yes. And I, I'm just like, go talk to Camille. Don't don't do anything rash. Go talk to Camille. Go. It is the most expensive money you could possibly get. If yes. you are young enough that you're going to get that fee, that charge for taking it out early, plus you haven't paid taxes on it yet, so you've got to pay taxes, and you're losing the compound interest on that money that you would have had in the future. If you added all that up, oh, my gosh, you're coming out with zero, maybe negative. Just depend. It, it's, it's huge. It's huge to take that money out early and go use it for something like, oh, I need new tires. <laughs> I, want, I want to go on a trip. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> or you could knock off the Starbucks for about a month and you'd have your new tires. Right. Or something. Just rearrange something. That's the, I think that's the thing people get confused on is they think if they're going to save money, they have to give up everything they love. And I'm like, that's not how that works. You just make a little bit of different choices and do a little bit of tweaks. It's like the crash diet. That never works because you can't stick to it. You know, oh, I'm only going to eat 500 calories a day and it's just going to be green thingies. Nobody's going to manage on that. You won't have enough food. You won't have enough energy. You're not going to get enough, you know, whatever. You can't make that work as a lifestyle. So same thing on the money. You can't go on a crash diet on your money. For more than a little while, you know, a month, maybe two, you could manage that. And then something's going to creep in or you're going to break because you're not going to be inspired to do that every day. So it's it's creating a system that you're like, okay, I'm not going to take a big trip for two years, but I'm going to plan like three fun small trips type of thing that are not going to spend as much. I'll put that extra money over for savings. Yeah. It's, it's working a plan, not just like some drastic change <laughs> So if you love Starbucks, okay, cool. Starbucks once a week instead of Starbucks seven days a week. You know, don't Wait, you know, don't get me on my rant about how that's better for you health wise and oh, you well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get where you're going with that. The yeah. other big oh my god, and this just kinda came to me. Yeah. Credit card interest. Y'all. Oh. So yes. this, this fancy little credit card here. Uh-huh. Show the number, but this fancy little credit card here. Look, it is. This is how I I guide people to understand what a credit card is. That is not your debit card. Your credit card should probably be used for emergencies, especially if you ain't got no money, and you really should pay it off every month. Mm-hmm. Because 19% interest, I looked at one of the interest things the other day, and I was like, holy, you, and then there's, oh my, you know, and all those, 
all those phrases popped into my head because that is a huge gob of money that you could be spending on your Starbucks. You could. You totally could. So I teach a class called Money 101, and we make this exact same comparison in there. We go through some examples of compound interest, and I end up doing an example that it's at 18%. And then I tell everybody, hey, would you like to see a place where I can guarantee you 18% year in, year out? And I hold up a credit card. Because guess where you can get 18% interest year in, year out? And then it's like, oh, wait, compound interest works against me as well as it works for me? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. And if your investments are earning it 7 8% year in, year out, you know, long term, and your credit card is at 18 19 22% year in, year out, that math does not equal out. You are outspending your earnings forever. Like, get <laughs> I use my credit card for almost everything because we got it because it has points that we can use for travel stuff. Right. And we pay it off at the end of the month, and we just rack up the points and use them for things. I've never tried – we've been in debt a couple of times, and it's just the worst idea. It's stressful. <laughs> it uses up all your extra money. You're paying somebody else for the privilege of having borrowed their money. It's just a lot. It's just avoid it like the plague. <laughs> And seriously, 18, 22%, you're, you're getting real close to usury. Um, and if you're not really familiar with what that is, go look it up because it will scare the devil out of you. And you will never carry another balance again. You will work like a dog to get those credit card balances paid off. Yes. yes. You honestly want to take that extra couple hundred bucks a month and throw it into I used to say a savings account, but that will yield you zero. Um, but, you know, put it in an interest-bearing account. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Throw it in the bank. Put it in an interest-bearing account. And right now, interest rates are like at 0.5% in the banking world or something. It, it's tiny. it's really low in a savings account right now. But there are so many options out there that you can put it into something and get interest, depending on your situation. And what I always tell people is if you have a 401K and they match – Max it out because they're giving you free money, so take the free money. Absolutely. After that, after you've hit the maximum amount for the free money, go set up a second thing or a third thing or something else on your own where you're still going to earn, but now you've got your not don't have all your eggs in one basket, so you have options in the future. And I tell them I go one step further. Um, I, I don't. Well, you're probably telling them that as a financial advisor. But I tell them, go find a financial advisor. <laughs> no, seriously, because yes. you can up things like uh, E-Trade and whatever. And oh. backside if you do not know what you're doing. So that's why I say, go find Camille. Have her guide you. And, you know, like my husband and I are looking at long-term care insurance because of some family situations, some things that we know that are probably going to come up. Yeah. For us, Auntie's 10 years older than me. Mm, yep. So, by the law of averages, I will be a widow. Yep. And most women will. That's a great point. That's a great so point. You you want an, a professional to set this stuff up. Yep. Now, in the case of my, my grandfather, the same one who told me to put away 10%, he set up stuff. But he researched the crap out of things. Right. To the point where once the 
inheritance and everything, my mother and her sisters went to the financial advisor and the guy asked who set all this up for him. And they're like, well, he did it. Um, and the financial advisor said, I couldn't have done better. Yep. So understand the risk that you are taking upon yourself if you don't don't go and see Camille. Yeah. I look at it the same way as hiring a coach to coach you in your business or to coach you at the gym or to help you with your nutrition or whatever it is you have somebody do. Get somebody to coach you with your money. They can help you set it up. And after a couple of years, if you feel like you've got it figured out, you understand it, you like doing this kind of stuff, you've researched it, okay, take it over and run it yourself if that's what you want to do. But go learn the things first, and please learn them from a teacher who actually knows what they're talking about because the Google is not an accurate source of information that can be fully trusted when you're thinking about your money. Like, that's a big deal. You know, yeah, sure, you can look up a recipe for something healthy and be like, okay, I'll try this. And if you try it and it's terrible, it's not a big deal. If you look up something, <laughs> like right here, but if you look up something to do with your money and you try it and it's terrible, you might not know it's terrible until five or ten years down the road and you've lost time that you could have been doing, growing your interest rate. You, you've lost so much that maybe it's worth it to find a professional that can help you. Yeah. Uh, might Absolutely. make sense. It might make sense. Oh my gosh. Do you have any kind of tips for us on if we're struggling with that mindset to really value ourselves, to value our time, to value our abilities, to ask for that, you know, salary that we deserve? Um, how can we start to kind of shift our thinking to to inc- improve our, our our worth and feel like yeah 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 that is me I am worth that like how do we how do we start if we're just if we're listening to this episode and we're like oh I could never ask for that I can't you know like just thinking I can't do it <laughs> what do, where do we start uh, well I look I I am very honest with people I would tell them go find a coach yeah and here's why you can read a book. You can, you know, listen to podcasts. I'm not dumping on podcasts, by the way. I think they're phenomenal. I love them. I'd love to be. I'd love to be on them. Um, But you can do all this stuff. The magic really comes when you are working with a person. Mm -hmm. And as a coach, I become invested in you just like you invest in my services. Because I want to see you succeed. I want to see you grow. And there is nothing more satisfying as a coach than to see that transformation and that that flower bud open. There is nothing more positive. I, I just get so excited thinking about it because there are so many women in particular who are going in their mind, they're just like, well, they only got it because they were a man. They, they got it because they have family connections, whatever. Eh, stop. Time out. Big old flag on the play. 15-yard penalty for thinking like that. Because what you need to do is you need to start embracing the fact that you are so precious. There is nothing else 
no one else like you in this world. And with the right kind of help and the right magic between you and your coach, you will succeed. And I'm not, this isn't like long-term therapy. If, if there's, if there's, if there is an issue that requires a therapist, I would tell you to go see a therapist. Yeah. Not, a good coach will always tell you, I'm not a therapist, and I think you need one, and you need to go talk to your therapist. And then if they say you can come back and work with me, we can work again. Yes, absolutely, 100%, because I am not qualified, and I cannot give you that kind of support. Mm-hmm. But what the support I can give you is, all right, let's 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 look at this. Let's stop using the words that are cutting you down and start writing declarations, not affirmations. Affirmations are kind of wishy-washy. Yeah, they are. Declarations. I am going to be the best coach ever. I am going to be the best engineer ever, or whatever the declaration is. Obviously, I'm pulling that out of my ear. But, um, you know, there are forces, and I know this gets just a little woo-woo, and I'm probably the least woo-woo you'll ever see, but there are forces working to conspire for you in the universe just as much as they're conspiring against you. And if you meet them and you say, no, we're going ahead and I'm going to be the best this is my declaration. You blow through those those things that were working against you, and you you get the forward momentum. And I I never really believed that until I moved into the coaching space. Mm-hmm. I never really observed it. Yeah. Uh, actively observed it, but now I actively observe it, and wow, when you turn off that itty bitty poopy committee yep or head and you tell them i'm sorry you're fired go away and you move forward oh my gosh it's so exciting to watch as a coach yeah i love and that we just throw them out of the building the way you used to throw those salesy over salesy guys out of the building you've got negative talker in the back of your mind just toss them out done you're fired get out itty bitty committee it. man it will say things that this, you sell this, you also, this is the worst neighborhood that you can ever go into. Oh, yeah, your brain. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you will say things to yourself that you would not dare say to anybody else. Mm-hmm. And that, wow. Yeah. Just wow. Yeah. Always talk to yourself like they're about a six-year-old child, and then you'll be good on all the things you say. With so. kindness. Yes. Kindness. Yes. Some biting sarcasm works sometimes, but well, that's always fun. (laughs) (laughs) What are you most excited about right now? Oh my gosh, the things I am excited about. I I took a leap of faith and went uh, diversified my coaching business. Isn't that fun? I got to use one of your words. Um, (laughs) I diversified my coaching business in uh, December and decided to bring on a group coaching program. And so the first one was very successful. The second one that we're doing now, which is a part of abundance and learning how to be abundant in the new year, um, that is 
fun, and it's also exciting. So I, I'm loving the group coaching space. I have a new one starting in March um, because it's in March. It's about March 15th-ish, about the mid- middle of March. I don't know what we're going to be talking about yet. But you can rest assured that it will be a lot of fun. Um, I'm thinking maybe um, working on our big motivating factors. Mm-hmm in our lives, like what drives us to do things. Yeah. Um, and I'm really just kind of honing that in and in a group coaching. Here's what I love about group coaching. This is why I'm so excited about it is that, you know, some people have the uh, zoom link and it's, it's a lecture link. So they can't yeah. see, you know, your, oh, yeah, yeah. who else is in the room with you. I have it. So everybody can see everybody. Mm-hmm. And I want them to talk. I want them to share, and they do. And when they do, oh, it's pure magic because you can see the eyes binging over here about something this person over here said, yeah. and it's magic. And you just take those those things and you just drill it down a little bit, and oh, the thing. That's my All favorite part about teaching. Favorite part. Love that. Love right. that. Yeah. I, I I never I would have never called myself a teacher ever in my life. Now I'm getting to that point where I'm like, I'm teaching people. This is so cool. It's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. I tried every which way to not be a teacher and then was a teacher in pretty much every single thing I've done since college. Yep. You know, because you can't run from the thing you're supposed to be. Right. And (laughs) and I'm gaining on you for that, (laughs) I think, because, um, yeah, I I have tried every which way. I'm like, I am not a teacher. Oh, Uh I am. Oh, but So, um, yeah, we're going to be looking that or because it's coming up to swimsuit season, we may do we may take something that is uh, part of um, health and fitness. Cool. I haven't decided yet, but anytime somebody hears this episode, they can look you up and see what the next group is going to be and and jump in on it. So, yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Thank you. This has been amazing. I'm so glad we got to chat today. So glad we did too. This is so much fun. Yes, really, really fun. Uh, if you want to get in touch with Leanne, you can email her at leanne at leannebonnell.com. I'm going to spell her name for you because there's lots of options on how it goes. So it's L E E A N N B O N N E L L. Thank you as well to all of our listeners and viewers. I'm your host, Camille Diaz. I'm a business optimization coach, financial educator, author, and speaker. You can contact me and find out what I'm up to through my website, CamilleDiaz.com, and follow me on social media at Cam Unfiltered. Be sure to follow Money Heart at Money Heart Show, and our website is MoneyHeartShow.com. Leanne, would you like to share today's money mantra? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I I apologize. I've been drinking tea throughout the entire thing because I've got this tickle. Money is energy. It cannot be created or destroyed, but you can increase it. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. 